with, with, with those two characters, Ahsoka and Boba, I mean, it, you know, in this business, fans can be ruthless. <laughs> <laughs> and there's nothing meaner than a Star Wars fan. <laughs> uh, well, except, except uh, a Marvel fan. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get started on those DC fans, though. <laughs> you get it from everywhere. Yeah. I know. Welcome to the WWSD podcast. Weekly, we share discussions with interesting and creative people. We are sponsored by Collectors Maze. You can check them out at collectorsmaze.com for all things related to Phantom. I'm your host, Josh. And as always, I'm joined by my buddy, Seamus. How's it going, Seamus? It's going awesome, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Awesome. I, who do we have on tonight? Oh, man, we got a special guest tonight, Seamus. We are joined by legendary Emmy Award winning makeup artist Brian Seip. Brian has worked on epic franchises like the MCU movies, the Suicide Squad movie, Star Trek, Mandalorian, X-Men, and so much more. Brian, it's awesome having you on the podcast tonight. We're super excited to talk to you. How's it going? Thank you. Thank you. Much too, uh, much too big of an intro. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, we, we really appreciate you coming on. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm always happy to you know, talk to uh, people. Cool. Yeah. Can you give our listeners a little bit of, of your background and how you got into the industry? Um, you know what? I got into the industry. I got interested in doing specialty makeup uh, when I was about 16 years old, 15 years old, um, when I saw uh, the remake of The Thing from John Carpenter. Okay. And I mean, I think I'd always been, you know, into... Uh, horror movies and King Kong and, you know, Frankenstein, all that kind of stuff, you know, Saturday morning, you know, Saturday night theater. And um, I think it wasn't until that m- movie that, I mean, I, I watched it a lot. It was back when video was just coming out. So we would, you know, I would go rent that video all the time. My father traveled a lot for work and he was going through an airport and he saw Crabhead on the cover of uh, Cinema Fantastique with uh, Rob Bottin on the cover. And uh, so he knew that was the movie that I, you know, couldn't let go of uh, with all the late fees uh, and, and non-video returns. It would have been cheaper to buy the movie at that point. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, he picked up the magazine for me. And I remember just going through I mean, I don't know if you've seen that magazine, but it's, it's, it's great. It's got like these little um, cartoon illustrations, I think done by uh, a guy named Mike Plug, And he did all these things kind of like, almost like storyboard style, like how they were going to do the effect, you know, so like guys pushing the Norris head and, you know, and I remember thinking at that moment, like, Oh, this is a job. Like somebody can do that. You know, like, I like to do this stuff. I like these movies. It's like, that's, you know, and, and then that was just kind of like the path I followed. So did you get into like foam latex from there or did you go right into like makeup? Uh, you know, it was latex. Um, mm-hmm. I think I actually, um, at one point, probably Toys R Us, because uh, nothing was online then. Um, I picked up uh, the Dick Smith, uh, the Pressman, the gelatin kit, where you could kind of okay. cast like a, a hunchback eye and, and some wounds. That, that was one of the first things that I played with was that. And then, uh, and th- you know, and then discovered, you know, Fangoria Magazine and mm-hmm. Cinefix and, and really just started reading more. You know, it was like all these people, you know, Caglion, John Dodds. I mean, all these, you know, people that were in the industry you know, back then and starting. As a kid, had you been in other, other like forms of art, like drawing and things like that? A little bit. I had a friend, we had a family friend who was really good at art. So he'd always come over and we'd always try and be as good as him, but uh, <laughs> he was great. Uh, but he was also like a sci-fi kid. And I remember uh, I went with him for the first time to see Star Wars. And I, I always bring this up because the theater that we saw it in Beaverton, Oregon, 
the uh, the Westgate Theater, I think it was, they were known to have, it played straight for the most amount of time, like in any theater. And I think, I mean, okay. I think it was like, you know, <laughs> it was like almost two years straight, like every oh, wow. day, you know, it's like, uh, it, it's like some unheard of number, you know, you never do that today, you know, it's like, <laughs> it goes past a, a 60 day theater release here. It's like, you know, that's <laughs> just not heard of. Did you go to college for, for special effects or you just kind of trying to get your way into the industry? With Fangoria, with all these books, I think uh, in the back of Fangoria, one of the times, you know, I ordered Tom Savini's book, his first one, Grand Illusions. Um, of course, everybody picked up Corson's, you know, book on theater makeup. And then uh, another great book that I remember getting when I was young was a, a guy named Lee Bagan. He did a book on three-dimensional makeup and John Caglione, um, you know, Jr. was like his model and Okay. That one actually was like a really good book, you know. I, 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 anybody who wants to get into it, I say like find that book. Before Todd Depersini did his book, it actually showed like, okay, this is a nose, and you know, this is an undercut, and this is you know, these are the things you look out for. It actually like broke down how to do some of the processes and, and what to look for. Um, showed you how to make teeth. Showed you how to you know do all kinds of stuff. So that was a fun one. And then. Uh, I mean, eventually I, I did go to a community college. I took a couple of art classes. I mean, by no means, not necessarily the greatest artistic person. I don't know, like I said, I'm technical and, and I can kind of technically break things down and, and see what it is, you know, in, instead of seeing it artistically. So you're a craftsman. Yeah, you know, I think so. I think that that's a little bit more, I mean, artistic, I guess. I'm not an artist, but I'm artistic. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I know people who, you know, that's all they do. They go home from work and they're tired and they just like sit in front of an easel and just paint, you mm-hmm. know, it's just, it's just gotta come out of them somehow, you know? And I, you know, that's just, uh, that's not me, but, um, but I think it, it is something um, I think there's a lot of, a lot to our business, my business that um, can be taught. I mean, it can be learned. Um, I mean, definitely being, you know, some of the people who excel are great artists in, in, in my business you know, you can, you can do well if you're, you know, have an artistic balance to you and you look, follow, self-edit, know, tell yourself that, okay, I just did this. Now nah, that's shit. I'm, you know, I'm going to do it again and make it better. I mean, I think that's, you know, I think one of the downfalls of a lot of younger people in my arena is that they just, you know, they come out of makeup schools and they're patted on the head and everybody says they're great and, Mom and dad did because they just paid fifty thousand dollars for school, and um, you know it's they, they've never actually like worked for it. It's a little blue ribbon for everybody, kind of thing. It must be hard for uh, for someone who's had that experience to come into the into a professional setting. How's that go usually? Uh, it depends on who they're meeting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, it's frustrating for for people like me who like do the interviews, who are looking for people, or who are hiring people. Because a lot of them, a lot of the kids do. I mean, you know, I think genuinely they come in thinking that, you know, they're they're the next Steve Wang or the next Bill Corso or the, the, you know, and no, you've got a long ways to go. And and I don't know who told you that was good, but or you know, it's just like that's good, getting towards good, but it's not great. You know, go back and do it again. You know, I, I mean, that's one thing that I always kind of tell people to do too when I teach classes. I will have somebody do something, take it off, do it again, take it off, do it again. And it's just like this muscle memory. It's like, you get faster, you get better, you see things, you know, it's just like, Oh, I wish I would have done that. It's like, do it. 
take it off, do it again. You know, it's just like, you mean, yes, it's practice, you know? So it's like, this is the time to do it. That's what builds your library of thought, you know? Would you say that you're, you're, um, you're pretty critical of your own work? Uh, very. Yeah. Yeah. I try to be, I try to be, I mean, I make it a habit to be, and I think everybody, a lot of people that I work with, we, we are so that, I mean, you know, that, I mean, one, you can, <laughs> you can stay employed. Uh, and two, you can just, you continue to get better partner with somebody on a makeup and you're like, Oh, okay. You know, it's like, you know, when you did that, maybe I'll come around and I'll do this part instead of waiting for you. And then, you know, that will make us, you know, 10 seconds faster. And then, you, you know, bit by bit. And then all of a sudden the five hour makeup becomes boom in and out of the chair in two hours, you'll develop a dance with this other person, you know, it's just kind of like, and it literally is like this dance where it's like, okay, I'm coming around, I'm doing this. And I take this color I'm over here and I come over here and then you're over there and you're doing that. And then you just kind of walk around the actor and you, you're doing your job, but it, it, it all flows and it works. If you're open to that and you do it and you're critical with yourself. I've seen a lot of people who are just like, and, and, and that's it. And, and sometimes they don't exceed past that. And, and, and they don't exceed past that. <laughs> it's really interesting. Like with this, um, with this, this kind of craft that like that efficiency is also like a, a big skill that you have to have to bring to like creating something. It is just because, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to, you know, if I'm like this hovering over you for five hours, that's not great. You know, <laughs> sitting in the chair for five hours, you know, is really, you know, not that comfortable. No, it sounds miserable. You know, unless, unless you can knock out and go to sleep. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's like try it on a plane. It's just like you can't do it. But it's, it, but it helps. I mean, it helps. It, it just, it helps with being better. It helps with being faster. It helps. I mean, just efficient is, you know, I mean, actually, I like to use that word better than faster is just efficient, you know, because you can, it's, it's just an efficiency of movement, of thought, of color, of, you know, partnership of, of two people doing a makeup together, uh, all of it. It just, it just has to be efficient to work uh, properly. And so after you said you went to community college for, for a little bit, what would you do after that? Like, what was your next step? Um, I did, you know, I think I took a semester of like, or a quarter of a, a, a painting, oil painting class. I took a clay sculpting class. And then back of uh, Fangoria Magazine, I saw an ad for a school that was going to open up. And I called, actually was the very first person to call <laughs> and the first person to sign up. I grew up in the, uh, in the Northwest, uh, you know, in, uh, outside of Seattle and outside of Portland. And January of 85, I loaded up my Chevy Sprint, uh, drove to California, went to this uh, four and a half, five month makeup school, which, you know, I don't, it did teach me stuff, stuff I didn't know. It wasn't an efficient school. I think one, just because we were the first class, so he was kind of figuring stuff out as well. But it got me to LA. It got me to meet a lot of people. Um, and then, you know, it's just like people that like, oh, hey, this too, you know, we should be roommates. And then, you know, then you've got like your garage buddy that you're sitting there like, you know, all weekend long sculpting and doing stuff in the garage, you know, trying to just practice and get better. And then what was like your, your first big break, you would say, like where you got to really work on the craft? My roommate at the time, uh, a guy named Bill Barsdra, who lived in, we lived in Santa Ana. We were just kind of actually far away from the business, working at a company called mm -hmm. Dynamation, he, uh, where we built these like life-size animatronic dinosaurs for museums. And we, you know, we all did that for a few years. It was fun. Fly around to museums, set them up, and we built them back in, in Santa Ana. And at one point he was just like, God damn it, this is not what I came here for, you know? And, and he just kind of quit and, you know, went up 
started working for like John Beekler. And then he at Segway to a job at Steve Johnson's. And then there were a couple of weekends that he was just like, hey, we're going to be working all weekend. You want to come up and help for free? And I was like, yeah, you know? And so that's what I did. You know, we came up and was like, okay, here, just help do this, make this mold, do that, clean this up. And one of the times I went up there, they were, they were actually doing reshoots for the Howling Three or something like that, like in the, in the shop. So then I was like, oh, okay, we you know, we'll help do this, you know? And so then we were, you know, it's kind of doing that. And then, then it was one weekend. It was like, hey, we're going to be going up to Dream Quest and uh, doing some reshoots for this this show called The Abyss. You want to come out and help? And I was like, sure, why not? You know. And I was out there like helping puppeteer the NTI at the end. You know, when it comes down and grabs Ed Harris. Okay. I, I helped figure out like uh, some mechanical aspects of it. You know, and after that, it was Steve Johnson, uh, who's a uh, you know he has mentored quite a few people in our business. He was just like, "Hey, you want a job?" Oh wow! <laughs> you know, because I, you know, at that time I was just coming up and just you know hanging out, working for free. And he's like, "I got a show coming in. Do you know how to run a phone?" And I said, "Nope." <laughs> and he's like, "Well," I said, "I tell you what, come in next week. I'll get a five gallons of foam. I'll pull some molds. Um, you know, talk to Tom over there. He'll let you know how to run foam, and and we'll see how you do." It. And then I just kind of did it, and after a week. He's like, yeah, it's good enough. Do you want a job? Oh, wow. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, okay. That was, I can't remember, 88 maybe? <laughs> 1988. <laughs> do, do you still run foam at all? Or do you just mostly focus on the makeup? I haven't in a while, but I do still make prosthetics. I do have, I have a company. I make, uh, I make my own uh, prosthetic transfers. Foam has, it still has its place in our business. But, you know, for some of the finer prosthetics for the face or anything like that, it, it's become silicone. Yeah. Um, or these prosthetic transfers. Uh, so, and, and which, you know, yeah, a lot of us run our own pieces sometimes. Okay. Yeah. That was one of the things I wasn't sure if you got to the position where you're just not really doing like the, the more manual type labor now. I, I try not to stay too far from it. Okay. One, I think, you know, control issues. Uh, and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then, and, and two, it's, you know, some of the stuff that I be, might be working on for a couple of little things it might just be just a small project, you know, mm-hmm. And friend needs like a big swollen eye or something. And, you know, they got a hundred bucks. It's like, yeah, man, I'll help you out. And you just you know, do it. Uh, but it's also fun. You know, mm-hmm. it, 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 that's like a part of the puzzle to doing a good makeup, you know, like, cause it, you could be just person standing on set waiting for the pieces to come. They show up and they got like, you know, horrendous edges or it's like, that's yeah. not the color I wanted. That's too stiff. It's too soft. It's whatever. And, you know, you may not have a say in it, or you do, and, and it's too late. So, so a lot of us try and, you know, try and still keep that in, in, in our pockets so that we can, I mean, just control what we're doing and, and, and control what we can put out. Mm-hmm. I think it probably goes back to like, also like you're saying about like being critical, like it, it's hard to be critical when you're not controlling everything. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and, and it's also hard to explain that mm-hmm. critical nature to somebody. It's just like, well, I need that software. It's like, why? We, we always do it like that. It's like, yeah, but it began to be good for back here, but up here it needs to be this, or it needs to be that, it needs to be one less layer of this, an extra layer on the back side, but not the top side. You know, there's different ways to approach each thing. And sometimes people get into this thing is like, well, just it's just like this all day long. And you know, uh without 
you know, knowing that, you know, it's just like, Hey, you know, I'm making a souffle and, you know, but I'm in the Rocky mountains. So I'm going to have to adjust for altitude. I'm going to have to adjust, you know, it's like, yep. you know, situational awareness, you just have to be, you know, it has to be like wide open. Oh yeah. No, especially with like that kind of stuff. Like it's like every, every little thing can affect it and all like, uh, as you said, temperature, humidity, all that stuff needs to be taken into account for it. Yeah. 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 What do you consider like the biggest thing you worked on at, at this point in your life? I mean, I think the I think the Mandalorian series, okay. you know, might be. You know, it's funny because like each, each one has been kind of that yeah, it builds. Yeah, it, it builds. You know, a lot of it happened when I uh, I started uh, working with Legacy. You know, for Legacy Effects, um, mm-hmm. sent me on um, uh, started sending me out on a couple of shows. They saw that you know I was responsible, and I actually was you know I cared. And then they, you know, so then they used me more and more. And then it was like, hey, then there's this X-Men. And then, hey, there's, you know, and from there, it, it just kind of grew. So, I mean, you know, again, very fortunate with, uh, with, all, with all the projects that I've worked with them on, you know, from X-Men to, you know, Terminator to, you know, Guardians. I mean, you know, there's a lot of great franchise bucket list projects, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, on up to uh, Mandalorian, you know, where one of the owners, at, uh, one of the you know, asked me, say, hey, we're talking to the show and you want to, you know, help us run, you know, do the prosthetics on set. And I'm like, well, I'd rather, I want to do the whole makeup. I want to do everything. <laughs> and uh, so he got me a meeting with producers and um, and uh, they hadn't hired the department head yet. So I went in and, and got the job. Okay. Obviously, you're a Star Wars fan. I mean, I can tell by your shirt. And even as a kid, you <laughs> really enjoyed Star Wars. So was that yeah. just like absolutely like, like a heart dropper for you to be able to work on something like that? Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, for for anybody, I mean, you know, it, it was, I mean, what a cool thing, too, that, you know, that we were able to just, like, make the call, like, hey, do you want to come work with us? And, you know, it's like, it's our wars, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, and especially since, I mean, that's a franchise that historically was never made here. It was always over, you know. Yeah, overseas in England. Yeah. Or whatever they were going to be. But it was, you know, very rarely done in Los Angeles, especially. So it, it, it was a, it was a unique opportunity and pretty cool. Especially about the Star Wars things, that was the good one to get in the last couple of years. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. It was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Again, uh, fortunate and lucky, you know. And when you were actually working on like the Mandalorian, like, did you know, like, did they give you any like the backstory of like the story, or did you just like what kind of information did they actually give you? I mean, other than the scripts, I mean, not a lot. I mean, there, there's. Okay you kind of get that as you go along because you're like, okay, well, we want this guy, this character. And then, you know, Fabro and, and Filoni, I mean, they're just between the two of them, the, the knowledge is all there. But, but as, as you went in, it was just kind of like, well, this is, it's, it's Western, you know, it's, it's just kind of like, you know, this is going to be a thing. It's, you know, contained. We're on the other side of the galaxy, you know, new characters and, you know, go. How much kind of like creative input do you have into that? Is it, are you just able to go like, how much like re, like iteration is there between like you make something and they see it and then. Um, in the beginning, the first season uh, we had, I mean, obviously, you know, the creative producers, they know their universe and they know what they want to see. And, you know, growing up, we, we know a lot of the characters, we know a lot of the aliens, we know a lot of, you know, the stuff. So it's, for us, it's just fun to like, yeah, I'll, I'll redo that, or you know, I'll do that again, or you know, uh, oh, you're gonna get that's an old asset that we're gonna get from England, <laughs> yeah. That's the point of that. You know, we, we we did get to make some kind of unique stuff uh, the first season, like a lot of the, some of the bounty hunters, like Dominic. 
but it's you know it, it's a process of of, uh, of of showing the producers you know designs you know um before we started shooting myself and uh maria sandoval who was our hair department head you know we, we went in with binder big thick binder full of designs hair designs alien designs all, all kinds of stuff and you know and, i mean it was there there is a kind of thin road of like this is star wars you know because you go this far and it's like okay well that's star trek and then, then that's harry potter and then that's farscape and that's you know so it it's nice though because they you know they they, they helped guide and you know kept us on this path so that we could you know be true you know to 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 canon and and and, and to the fans and so, like Dominic Pace and all, like uh, his makeup's pretty unique. And I think he said you sculpted it from scratch. Yeah. Was that like? Did they give you a lot of opportunities to just kind of like go with something, or? Uh, there, there'd be some things where, where okay. you know, we would. Uh, I mean, we'd have to show some some sort of illustration, you know, to kind of give like a general direction, and then and then yeah, and then it was kind of, you know, uh, once they give kind of a thumbs up, like okay, yeah, that one could be cool. Let's you know, let's see. You know, and then uh, and then from there, you know, then costume comes in and hair comes in and, you know, everything aligns or it doesn't, you know. I noticed uh, just just from like like reading a lot of this different things that you've done, it, there, there seems to be a lot of um, a lot of innovation that happens like on, on any particular job because because you're trying to like fit to a particular you know, particular creative vision. Mold, if you will. Right. <laughs> mold. Yeah. I said a mold, a mold, if you will. Mold to it. Yeah, yeah. How how um how often are you coming up with like new techniques that that are that that you haven't used before on these on these projects? I mean, that's semi hard to answer. I mean, because it, it might just be mostly they're all going to be spins on an old technique or a different way to use it. You know, it's just kind of like, oh, I've never used a laser pointer like that before. Let's do that. <laughs> well, I, I mean, well, uh, I was just asked this the other day by a friend. Like when we did Drax for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. You know, again, I, I mean, all the beautiful stuff that, you know, David White and the crew did on the first movie, you know, nerve wracking, you know, to say the least, just that okay, <laughs> all right, we got to follow those, we got to follow those, those that, that footstep. Got a lot to live up to, yeah. And a lot to live up to, you know, because again, and, and the movie was great, the characters were great, the makeups were great, you know, and it was like all encompassing, you know, it was just like there's not, you you did not go thirty seconds of that film without seeing a specialty hair or makeup or or, or something. It was just it was incredible eye candy, um, and it, and in all those movies. But you know, there, there's inevitably going to be times where for Drax, you know, we were you know we're tasked with production to be like, okay, the first movie, you know, they did this, so we need to do it better. How are you going to do it better? How are you going to do it faster? How are you going to do is that nerve wracking? Like uh, as a creative? Uh, well, you know, it's fun. Okay. You like the challenge. I, okay. I do like that. I mean, you know, and the, the pressure and the anxiety, I mean, it, <laughs> it, it does, it, it does become like a fuel. I think that, you know, that you, you kind of feed off of to just like, okay, we can do this. We can do this. It gives you uh, like multiple opportunities to learn too, right? Continuing to learn. Well, the one interesting thing about a business is that doing makeup, it's all real similar. Like this job, very similar to that job, but there's a little twist, you know, and it's, it's just working out that little twist, whether it's for X-Men taking Jennifer Lawrence's makeup from a seven hour makeup to a three hour makeup, you know, oh, it's just, gonna, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, there's, that's a good twist. You know, how are you going to cut out more than half the time and, and, and the labor, you know, cause they had, did it in first class. It took a, a long time and a lot of makeup artists, 
you know, and we, you know, legacy effects, we thought up our plan and we were able to turn it down, bring it down to like three makeup artists and, you know, three hours, three and a half hours. How do you cut that much time out? Like we're, I don't know if you can be trade secrets or anything, but like, what would be like, like that's a big gap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's first off, I mean, you know, it's, it's being able to have the incredibly powerful vision of uh, hindsight. Okay. You know, I mean, <laughs> you can look and see what they did, you know, which, which is really cool, but it's like, okay, that was, you know, five years ago, four years ago with the materials we have now, with some of the things that we might do now, like, like how would we approach it to some of the things, some of the other projects that projects that we've done, you know, how could we take this from that to bring it into here and, you know, kind of make it. So it's kind of orchestrating that. And I mean, I mean, that's, that's, that's really kind of it, you know, and a lot of great talented people over legacy effects. And, you know, we were able to hash out like a really good plan and, and then it was, you know, practice, 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 you know, which actually was really nice too. Cause the producers on that show, they're like, okay, you know, you know, Lawrence is doing her thing, you know, we're not going to get her for a bit, but you know, let's get a body double and let's just bring her in and we'll do it, you know, do it. Oh, so you actually practice on other people. Okay. Yeah. 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 And it's like, great. And you try and do that whenever you can on the real person, if you can, but sometimes mm-hmm. you can't and you know, again, the more times you do it too, it's just like a muscle memory, the faster you get, you work out those hiccups early so that, you know, you don't have anything other than what they might bring to the table. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's fun. I mean, it, it's just a part of that. It's like Sherlock trying to figure out like that path and, and like how to, how to do something. Gotcha. I know you got your first Emmy for, uh, for black and white. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. What was that like getting like an Emmy? Like, did you ever think you would be at that part of the game? No, not at all. Um, I think the uh, we were that was a real tough show. Okay, I think that was one of the. I remember <laughs> going to my boss, uh, Keith Van Dillon, at uh, Captive Audience, and luckily the producers were they knew how por- how important the makeups had to be because oh yeah, it wasn't a show that was going to be edited. It was going to be a show that was whatever. I mean, we went out into public with these makeups, and they didn't want to at that time. I think. Uh, Jamie Kennedy's show was on and, and some of these other disguise shows, you know, and, you know, they might have like big sunglasses that were like this and, you know, they wanted everything in just full view as much as possible. We would do tests after tests. After, and when we finally kind of got to a place, like we had time and they had money, um, <laughs> we do these tests and then we, okay, we think we got something, we got something. And like literally the guy would just come in and go, looks like makeup. And then just like turns around and walks away. And then they're just like, ah. Oh. Okay, now what do we do? And um, yeah, hard, hard show. Uh, we ended up, you know, coming up with a system that that worked really well. Um, myself and another guy, Will Huff, uh, we designed a lot of this that show with the makeups. We kind of rethought like how to paint makeup, uh, how to, which actually has has lives on me today. The way I paint, do makeup oh. in general, just like a, a translucency of color and and stacking of colors to create something. Yeah, because like majority of like the makeup you do is not ever really meant to be seen in the real world. It's it's like for stage and all like yeah, yeah. like well, you can and, see it, you know. Yeah, but like in person makeup's completely different. It's a whole different game and all. Yeah, that's yeah, very hard yeah. to pull off. But this one would be it's just like guy would have to just walk into a store and start talking to somebody, and they weren't supposed to get that he was in makeup at all. I mean, I think there was on the show even show. I mean, there was a couple of times we got called out, but the nature of the makeups 
too with the nature of the subjects that we had to deal with. Some worked great, some did not. You know, we did have like one, one you know, a couple of standout characters that just, you know, worked beautifully. But I mean, you know, it, I mean, it was fun. It was an interesting show, but it just it taught us a lot. It just taught us a lot. Yeah, no, that's really, really. I saw you did that. I'm like, oh, that's pretty quirky compared to like the movie stuff and yeah, and all that. Yeah. That's definitely different. So you, you after you got like your Emmy, like like people coming to you at that point, or were you still having like a gopher jobs? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, that kind of stuff. I mean, it kind of. I guess going back to the original question, uh, did I expect to win? No, we were going up that year against um, Nip Tuck, Mad TV. I think the last episode of Will and Grace. Okay. Which I also worked on, but I did, wasn't on that ticket because it was the, the one where everybody got old and you saw different versions of them. I thought they were going to win, you know, because it's like, okay, it's their last episode, you know, season or show finale. And it's like, okay, those guys are going to win, you know. And I remember just kind of like, you know, just sitting there in the audience and just when they called the name and I was just like, mm, okay. And then <laughs> my wife at the time was like, oh my God. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's surreal. It's surreal. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, people aren't like, you know, busting down your door thinking, you know, it's, you know, it's something that I think is, it's, it's nice because usually like something like that, like your peers have voted on you. So, um, or like they make up awards, uh, or make up uh, 706 awards. I mean, that's definitely our peers and the other makeup artists have, you know, voted for these people, voted for the categories and, you know, that's a, also a special one to get. Because again, you know, it's just like, okay, these are the people, these are our friends, these are the people that we work with. It's our competition, you know, this is, I mean, everybody, you know, people voted for us, so that's, you know, that's pretty cool. So, like, uh, another guest we had on our show, he was also an Emmy Award winner. He was uh, for animation, uh, James McDermott, and all, and he, when he got his Emmy, like, no one really cared at all. So yeah, I, was, yeah, I was curious yeah. if yeah. it was similar yeah. for you, where it's just like, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, family cares that when they come over and it's sitting on the shelf and it's like, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah but it, it, it's cool. I mean, it, it's, it's nice. It's, it's a nice reminder of, you know, a hard job and, and something that you feel that other people recognize the, hopefully the value of the work that you put into it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 you know, it doesn't hold the same weight, I guess, as uh, <laughs> a big Oscar or something like that. <laughs> but, you know, I, you know, I, I, I know, quite a few people that have won that as well. And sometimes same thing. I mean, you know, we all wake up the next day and we got to brush our teeth. So I saw that you worked on uh, the suicide squad. Uh, I didn't see any updates on your website. What, what work did you do? Uh, at legacy effects. Uh, we worked on, there were a few characters that legacy was responsible for. Um, Mon Gal. And the names right now. Uh, Spark plug ahead. Oh, uh, the thinker. <laughs> I think you're uh, spark plug head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, David uh, Dasmakin, um, Polka Dot Man. So, I mean, those were some of the ones that, that we were responsible for. Mongal was, was one of the ones that I more spearheaded, and the other one, the other ones, you know, kept eyes on, and, and you know, we kept moving forward and kept testing and, and doing stuff for it. all of them. You know, she was almost kind of semi most more straightforward for us because it was, it was you know, Drax-ish, but, you know, uh, we, could, we, we could translate some of that to her. Um, the thinker is pretty, you know, straightforward makeup, really cool design. And, uh, I mean, Polka Dot Man, hand out, hands down, was the most, one of the most difficult ones there. I was involved in the first makeup test, and, and then a couple of different artists took it on uh, to shoot. 
a lot of that was the brainchild of uh, uh, Shane Mahan over at Legacy Effects. You know, he really wanted to see like the, the lights, you know, and he really sold them on the lights and the skin. And I'm like, that's never gonna work. Do it CG, you know, my God, it's <laughs> no, we can make it work. And he pushed us and you know, pushed everybody, and you know, they, everybody got to make it work. So actually, you mentioned CG and all like. You feel like I, I the other we, we talked to another makeup uh, artist before, and he really like had despised CG and stuff like that. He thought it was more of like to be used more sparingly to kind of fix like uh, blemishes or like seams and stuff like that. Where, where do you stand on the the CGI spectrum? Um, you know, I, I I guess it depends on I guess it depends kind of on the VFX producer that you're dealing with. Okay, I mean it's almost too bad to say that it should be used to fix blemishes or seams because I think that's definitely something that I should be doing in my job. <laughs> and, you know, like, like where I, I, I have a hard time with it is that we worked on um, Terminator Genesis years ago at Legacy Effects and, and a couple of us, me, uh, Scott Stoddard and, and my producers were on set. And we had this one shot, you know, where like the young Arnold was going to come walking down the street and like was going to get shot. You know, and we had all our bullet hits set up, ready to go. And it was just going to be wounds, you know, it's like little, tra- little easy prosthetics, you know. And I, I think we asked for like 30 minutes to put them on. Time comes for it to happen. And, you know, the ADs are constantly like, how much time do you need? And I said, it's 30 minutes. Oh, we can't, do, we can't do that. We can't do that. You know, and I, and I think the VFX guy, you know, yeah, where's the VFX guy? Let's talk to him. And then we're like, well, I mean, you guys are standing here. <laughs> Our trailer's right there. Let's we could just take them over there, and by the time we have begin this conversation, we'll be done. You know, yeah. like, fifteen minutes. Well, all three of us will jump on him, and we'll just get it done. Fifteen minutes, and they're just conversation, conversation. We'll do it later in post. <laughs> and it's like you'd already paid to build them. We're already there. You paid for us, and it would have been fifteen minutes of time to wait. And I mean, I don't know how much it costs later on. They've <laughs> already paid for, but that's where it kind of gets annoying when some things that really seems like it could and should fall into our, our hands so that they can just get the shot on camera and they don't have to worry about it. But then you end up with somebody like say Richard Buff on Mandalorian. I think he sees the value of both, you know, and, and some of his guys, they're just kind of like, you know what? No, if we have, you know, if we just do it all CG, we're not going to get the fire reflections in the eyes of the creature. We're not going to get the fire reflection on the body of the scales. I mean, so it's like, let's build the puppet. We'll go in there and do that, and you know, and then we'll push. You know, we'll enhance anything that we need to. You know, or we can replace it if we want to later. But then we've already have that information there in the shot, in the light, on you know, in the set, so that we know how we want it to look. So I, you know, it, it, again, it just depends. I think on on person that you're, you're working with, and you know, and I, you know, I think you know some of that argument. You know, I think some of the projects that get made today are because of CG. You know. Yeah. There's you no know, as long as the the trilogy of Lord of the Rings took, you know what would it have take taken if it or taken if there wasn't CG, yep. you know, and you were doing paintings and models, and I don't think they would have even thought about it. And it's funny with Lord of the Rings and all; they did have a lot of practical effects. They did have a lot of models. They did have a lot of prosthetics, a lot of makeup, and yep, a lot of like do. actual people. But they also like leveraged the crap out of CGI and stuff. I, they blended yep. it really yep. well. And, and, that, and that was kind of the thing. I know that, like, you know, the CG world has taken away some of the stuff that we would have done. Mm-hmm. You know, it's killed, I think, the model shop. It's killed the, you know, glass paintings. It's, you know, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of stuff that it has done. But again, you know, it become a different, efficient world. 
become kind of a different financial world for the films. You know, we were all afraid that it was going to like take away, you know, so much of our work, you know, so, but yeah, like the Davy Jones of the world, we're not going to be doing that anymore because it's just going to be with it. But again, you know, like you said, you know, there, there's so much practical stuff that were in the, the trilogy that wouldn't have happened if CG wasn't there to do the rest of all this, you know? Yeah. Okay. And so I know currently right now you've been doing a lot of like makeup department head. Are you just overseeing like a team of people? Like, do you actually get in the weeds still? Like what was like your day to day? Like a little bit of both. Okay. A little bit of both. I mean, again, I, I, I try as much as possible to, um, you know, I mean, I mean, get dirty just because I think it's, I mean, that's, what, that's the fun part as miserable it is sometimes, you know, get up at 3 a.m., you know, get down there, do the makeup. At that point, you know, like I say for Drax, you know, we had a team of four that would do his his makeup. They would take him to set and then I could then focus on, you know, the schedules or doing a meeting or, you know, or something like that. Okay, so you're doing like more of the bureaucracy type stuff, like the paperwork, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, start doing it, you start doing it all. <laughs> <laughs> do you enjoy that part too? Uh, I do, actually. Uh, okay. There's, cool. I, I think that, not being an artist, I, I think uh, helps in that I do come at it with a, there's a different logic to my thinking that, that I do think like a, an AD, I do think like a producer, I get it. And, you know, I don't want to, you know, and again, you know, it's like, I'm not going to go like, yeah, that's an eight hour makeup, you know, and, and then everybody's miserable. You know, if we design it right, prepare the pieces right, if we get the right team in there, it could be a two hour makeup, two and a half hours three hours you know i mean it doesn't have to be that and i think that's just kind of a you know jump in it's all it's all it's all all for the team and you can all do this since you are focusing more on that like are you looking to do like other types of work like writing or directing at all or um you know i had thought about that <laughs> a long time ago uh, i mean I, I had written a couple of scripts uh we actually shot a little short for one of them one of my bosses funded it you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I had not really thought about, you know, jumping back into that side of things. You know, I have been enjoying this and, you know, it's kind of like the first mistress. So it's pretty good. <laughs> that's awesome. You own your own company as well, right? Like, is it Gamma Studios? That's, that's, that's your own company? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of like, you know, my, you know, my doing business ads for a long time and <laughs> okay. with, with all of it, with, with, I think with my knowledge of and, and my skill set. Uh, with some of the stuff I had to do from doing the dinosaur company, you know, I, I, you know, got pulled into the mechanical aspect, you know, and as well as, you know, artistic. And, you know, when I worked at Steve Johnson's, then, you know, after so long of working there and he was up on set, then I had to help run the shop. So then I became kind of a little bit more of the bureaucrat. It's kind of like a progression, I guess, to kind of like have your own thing that you can then kind of like, okay, well, I'm going to make all the calls. Inevitably, that's what everybody wants to do, I guess. Um, and then, you know, it's like, we all know the same people, you know, all the shops there we all know the same people we all have the same friends and it's like okay let's start grabbing who we know is the best at sculpting or mechanical or you know painting you know we can put together our team and and, and go and, and and kind of a subsidiary i have a, a company that called dot flesh to and make just kind of pre-made pre-packaged uh, prosthetics okay oh cool scars or cut gashes foreheads kind of more of a consumer thing uh, that sells at a few stores. So th th that's available to the public? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can cool. get, uh, go to my website in Los Angeles, uh, Nigel's Beauty Emporium in North Hollywood has them. All right. What was the favorite makeup you've ever done? Um, you know, I, I think this last year, I, I, got, I got to do two of them. I mean, I've, I've, it's hard because they're all 
you know, they all, you work so hard on them. They're, you know? they're your babies. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're your baby, you know, and it's just like, you know, your team and you're just like, all of them become very close, you know, because doing Jennifer Lawrence's, you know, Misty, you know, it's just like, we would, you know, we would do it and at the end of a good, you know, makeup day. We would all like, you know, it's like, but tomorrow, uh, you know, you know, it's like, <laughs> do this, we'll do this, do this and, and change that. And, you know, you know, there's always like that little powwow, but, but all of them have been fun, you know, from her to, you know, to Drax. Some of the makeups on, you know, The Mandalorian, uh, even last season. Season two, you, you know, I think pretty epic, if y'all saw that. And uh, Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, there there are two characters in that season, you know, that I, that I got to be heavily involved with. And was, uh, was it Ahsoka? Yeah, I mean, I mean she's one, and uh, he's the other. And, uh, <laughs> and it's, it's pretty cool, because they're... You know, he's, I mean, he's a character that you really don't know, you know, until the mask comes off. And so that was kind of nerve wracking and fun to do. And, uh, and, and she was the same, she was the same way in in a way that, you know, in, in, in the Star Wars universe, I mean, I think she's, she's like the sweetheart. She's, you know, she's She's a heavy hitter. Like, yeah. (laughs) You know, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of them in that. I mean, season two, I I mean, come on. I mean, like every episode, book (laughs) 10, I mean, everything, like. The, yeah. the episode with like you know the other mandos coming in and kicking ass i mean it's just like every episode was so good and then the last one you know <laughs> where you're just like i'm sobbing somewhere you know because like, <laughs> you know, knowing that at the same time i know that everybody else is like you know going and feeling the same thing you know it's pretty amazing. it's very amazing with, with with those two characters ahsoka and boba i mean it you know in this business fans can be ruthless <laughs> and there's nothing meaner than a star wars fan <laughs> uh, well, except, except uh, a marvel fan <laughs> don't get started on those dc fans though <laughs> you get it from everywhere yeah. i know uh, dipped my toe over there but myself and a buddy we you know we did apocalypse for uh, x-men and you know I mean, the comic book fans, I mean, everybody just, you know, raked us through the coals, just shooting us up. You know, that's not what the apocalypse is. And, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's like they couldn't do it or they didn't do it, you know, and it's like, you know, and then other people are coming out with their own designs. And but at the end of the day, it's just like, all right, well, this is what the studio came and said, make. And I mean, you know, at that point, you can either walk out of the office with your head held high and quit. <laughs> or you know if they want a purple dot in the middle of his forehead then they can get purple dot you know <laughs> a friend of mine you know put it well he was just like it's not like ordering a pizza you can't just get whatever you want you, got, you know this is it's a very select menu and this is what they want and i remember the uh, i think the first pictures uh that got released of, of oscar of apocalypse was when he was in the factory you know he just found uh Michael, he, he's on Michael, and, and they're, you know, and the two girls are behind him. And for whatever reason, I think the gate warp thing, you know, was still kind of open. So there was like this funky purple light that was coming through and it was like, you know, reflecting on him. And everyone was just like, how's it like a Power Ranger? And yeah, never ending, never end. You know, fast forward to like waiting for the, the Ahsoka episode to air and, you know, the Boba Fett episode to air. And I remember, I, I think the day before, or that Friday before the show came out, the, uh, our, our producers goes, have you ever looked at, you know, you ever just like Googled it afterwards, like the show, like 
see what people are saying. And I'm like, no, <laughs> 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 you should, you should sometime, you know? And, and so then, and so that was like one of the shows I did. Everyone loved it. It was yeah. awesome. Like definitely. Thank, you know, thank God. Well, you, you did it justice and like when i saw that you know, there's, a, there's a lot of people involved in that you know I mean, no I'm not, I'm not giving you all the credit but i'm just saying yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. guys seeing that like the character is always 3d and like it was always a digital type character and actually seeing it on the the the, the big screen and all yeah. it was just absolutely killer you know and and like the one thing i think that i was you know me and the two of us we always try and do is like you, you know you, you're taking these beloved characters you know even mystique you know it was like it's, it's like well it's jennifer lawrence it's keep her hot you, you know? <laughs> yeah and, and, and you know and it, was, it was a beautiful woman you know and it's just like so we're gonna do this to her but we still need to just make make sure that she's i mean she has beauty coming through and you know and i mean she exudes it anyway you know what i mean and, and, and the design is beautiful mm-hmm. there was a lot of trial and error a lot of testing with that and you know and the creatives were just you know i mean they also were you know just watching you know because they're just like Breathe it down your neck, like don't screw this up. Yeah, yeah and, and, and for Boba, it was just kind of like you know they had, they, had, they had a specific thought, so it was like trying to do that thought and make it look right. Um, and with her, it was like, okay, it's just you know, how do I make this not look? You know, I mean, orange skin. What else have we seen with orange skin? <laughs> you know, you have to be real careful. You know, turning an animated character into a human, you know, is. Was, was hard not, not even an animated character an alien character into a, a human <laughs> like a human into an alien yeah. animated character <laughs> yeah I, i'll say it, like you know there's some of the two of the biggest last ones so i mean they've they're going to pop into my head as, as some of the most rewarding because they were well received i mean everybody all of us that worked on it I mean, we're all proud of, of the work and yeah that's got to uh, feel pretty good it, you know it does everything to hit yeah and the fans love it everyone loves right. it. just universally yeah. loved yeah yeah a couple of people that didn't like it. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, fuck well. them. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. <laughs> no, actually, it was funny because they, I think one guy, one guy like messaged me and was just like, no, but Leku, all wrong. All wrong. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, what, what was wrong with them? Oh, you actually engaged a troll? I'm going to engage. You know, it's like, okay, what's wrong with them? And then, you know, it's like, well, they should have been bigger. They should have been this. They should have been this. Okay, okay. Well, first of all, just let me know creative they're the ones who are guiding us. Legacy Effects was the uh, main company that made them and the headpiece, you know, and, and we're, you know, I was responsible for the face and coloring and besides bringing it to life, you know, we have to think about a lot of practical things. You know, they knew she was going to fight. They knew she was going to be spinning and flying and stuff. And so it's like, so to have some of those ones that you see in the animation would have been impractical. You know, and, and I just, you know, kind of explains to myself. It's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell everybody. <laughs> you you want them over too? That's cool. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and, you know, and I got, I'm, I'm glad that you know, that there was a moment of like, okay, there wasn't a reason other than just I know better. It's going to be better like this, you know. <laughs> and we all know that who's looking, who's watching. We got we to be careful. Yeah, Star Wars fanboys—they're scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was the uh, your favorite person to actually apply makeup on? Who was the coolest for you? Um, I think Dave. Dave for Drax was was always pretty cool. I think just because he was really grateful at the makeup we did, you know, the change that we did. Yeah, he seems like a fun guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah he was a fun guy, and um, he real generous person. You know, it's just like never take it, never invite him to dinner because you know he'll eventually slip out and like has, has already paid for the bill. 
<laughs> but very nice, uh, you know, humble. Um, I think he was always happy. You know, the the team, David, David White's team, in that particular makeup and that design, you know, it, it took a certain amount of time. What eight hours? Um, it wasn't eight. I think I think they started out at like five and they got it down okay. to about three and a half. Oh, yeah, that's pretty decent. Four or five people. Yeah, I mean, they, they you know they got it down. But again, hindsight and and different materials and and different things and. I had a different approach, which was more time consuming in the build. But on set, when he came to the trailer, we were, me and, you know, three other artists were able to get him in like 75 minutes. Okay. So, I mean, that from three and a half hours was, was you know, he's like, yeah, that's more sleep, you know, that's more, <laughs> you know, uh, so I think he was always, always thankful for that. <laughs> You've worked on a lot of Marvel stuff. Uh, you've worked on X-Men. You've worked on, on, on Star Wars. Are there, are there any franchises that you haven't worked on that you'd really like to get your hands on? Um, I, mean, I, didn't get a, I never got to work on an alien. Um, oh, yeah? No Batman or Superman? No. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if those... I'm not sure if I, I would have wanted to, but, um, <laughs> but, I'm, but I'm a fan of those shows. I mean, I, you know, I, I mean... What Nolan and Bale did uh, was truly amazing. Um, I I really like the Zack Snyder uh, Man of Steel. I, I think I'm one of the few that will admit it out loud. Uh, I, I mean, I thought it was fun. Nothing beats Christopher Reeve grabbing, you know, Margaret Kidder right the air. But uh, <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, I think one of the, the, the most all-time best moments in cinema. Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. What was the uh, most difficult uh, makeup you ever had to do? I mean, the black-white ones were pretty difficult. One of the hardest things that I ever had to do uh, was for Will Smith, for Ali. Will's got ears that kind of stick out more than Ali's did. And uh, so they're just like, yeah, we need to, you know, put him back. You know, we need to like, you know, and everyone thought like, oh, yeah, no big deal. We just kind of glue him back. Kind of what you do with some people. Huh. But, you know, it, you know, like superhuman as Will is, he's got like this superhuman cartilage in his ear and it would just be like <laughs> I mean, nothing nothing would, would hold them back so i was tasked with trying to figure out a way to keep them back <laughs> and that's funny that uh that, that you met your match with will smith's ears you know what it was it's not easy it was not easy i mean again he's superhuman as it is but trying to Trying to do that, we, I mean, you know, we did quite a few tests. We did quite a few tests in the shop before I would, you know, see him and came like this layer of different prosthetics and different, you know, different glues to, you know, to make it happen. And me and his makeup artist, Judy Murdoch, you know, you know, we, we would kind of go back and forth and, and work on it. And that, that, that was a tough one. I mean, you know, because you just kind of think like, ah, oh, <laughs> easy. <laughs> and, you know, and then you turn your back and it's like, come back and it's like, you know, there again. <laughs> All right. We usually ask one last question uh, for our guests. Uh, any words of wisdom for someone wanting to get into this industry or something you wish you would have knew when you first started to possibly help someone else? I would say, and, it, and, it's, and it's the thing that when I, if I ever speak at a school and it is the whole thing I talked about earlier with the self-criticism. Um, if you don't have that self-edit, you won't make it far. Um, if, you know, if you come in just thinking that your shit doesn't stink, you know, everybody else smells you. Uh, <laughs> so it's, you just have to be aware, you know, and you have to, you have to be self-judgmental. You have to be, otherwise you, you won't, 
progress. You know, you won't get better. Because, you know, people all day long will tell you, like, how great that is. But it's, but who's that? That's my dentist. You know, he doesn't know what this book can look like. I mean, that's a big one, you know, I think, uh, for longevity. And, and the other thing is, is to just, you know, it's like riding a motorcycle. You know, it's just like the second you feel comfortable riding a motorcycle, that's when you're going down. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like you want to, you know, stay frosty. You want to keep on your toes. You want to keep working at it. You know, you want to keep practicing, keep doing, you know, take the stupid small job, you know, that other people think is stupid and small, but you know, and it's like, Oh, I've got to somehow figure out a way to do this, you know, put a third leg on some 90 year old lady. Okay. And she, oh yeah, she's ornery and she doesn't want to be touched. And okay. Now how are we going to do that? Cause those are the things that you're going to learn from, you know, and then you can take that information and transition. Always have to be open to like all these opportunities. You always have to be working, practicing, talk at schools and it's like, what are you doing tonight? It's Friday night. What are you going to do? Going to the pub, going to the bar, going to go home and practice makeup, you know? Uh, okay. Who raised their hand with the makeup? Okay. You're going to make it. I'll, I'll tell the students much to the chagrin of, of the school owners sometime, you know, it's like, okay, look around this room right now. You know, everybody in this room, look at, look at everybody, all your friends, you guys are hanging out earlier, you're going to Poyo Logo or whatever. And uh, they're your competition. That's your competition. As soon as you graduate this class and everybody wants to go out and work, they're taking that interview too. So you need to be better than all of these people. Otherwise, you're <laughs> not going to work. You know, Home Depot's hiring. So um, it's, you, you, you can't be, you know, to think that you, everybody's going to get a job. You know, you're not. It's, it's just the, the ratio is not there. And, you know, the cream, you know, will rise. Yeah, no, definitely. It's awesome. Brian, it's been an absolute blast having our podcast tonight. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. So, thank you so much, Brian. It's been, we really enjoyed it. Really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, you know, I appreciate the, the tenacity and keep bugging me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, you know I, I know it's been a long time coming. It's funny because like, uh, I know we talked maybe a few months ago and, and it just didn't work out. And then I just did one out of the blue. I was like, yeah, hey, let me just circle back, see what happens. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, yes. I'm like, what? <laughs> so I do, I do appreciate you, you getting to the point where you're able to talk to us. Yeah. Where can our listeners find more of you, your work, projects you've worked on, all that kind of stuff by your prosthetics? Yeah. I, I mean, you know, you go to uh, brianseip.com. Uh, we'll take you to my website, you know, my Instagram, Brianseip Makeup. I, you know, my kids bug me because I shouldn't, this should be my work stuff and not family stuff on there, but you'll probably see my kids playing soccer. You know, the, there's a lot of, you know, makeup stuff on there as well. And, you know, and, you know, I think my contact info is on there. I, I'm open to, to being reached out to. And, really appreciate coming on, man. And thank you so much, and, Brian. You know, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Enjoyed meeting you. We'll do it again sometime. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Anytime. All right. We'll talk to you after uh, book of Boba. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> all right. Have a great night. All right. Good thank night, you. Man. Bye. Bye. Yeah, dude, he was so cool. Like he's worked on so many awesome things. It was it was cool. It was interesting, like looking at him, like how like like for certain things his eyes would light up, and then for other mm -hmm. things he would he would get like real calculated. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, and so so he's real like so like like you know when he was talking about um uh, about the Mandalorian stuff, he was you know he was real. It was he was just got almost like giddy about it. You know, yeah. that, was, that was that was cool to see. And I, I I like I like um I like listening and watching people that that have like mastered something talk about their craft. It's just like like seeing like like their brain fire is interesting. Yeah.
it's really like the love and all like you can just tell like he loves even the way he talks about like being critical about being like critical about his work and like looking to improve and looking for ways like all right next time let me do this so i can shave a few minutes off and which is really interesting because like you don't think of it like a numbers game like that with makeup like you're it's like yeah dude it's it's prosthetics it's foam it's silicon no this is like eight hours we gotta trip it down to three like that's insane it really brings an interesting dimension to creation when you have when you have that. It's it's more it's more like uh, I mean it's, it's it's more like a business at that point too. And you're you're, you're trying to make like like systems more efficient. Mm-hmm. There's a there's got to be a lot of problem solving, a lot of innovation. So yeah, it's, it's it's cool. The critical like the the critical thing like uh, like being critical of your work. I like guess something I hear uh, from like almost all successful people that that uh that do things even in business and art and like and everything mm-hmm. like like uh, like a lot of comedians talk about that how like. They're, they're never really satisfied with their work and you know yeah. and like that that needling and that always coming back always looking for something to do better that that that, 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 that like helps you rise to the top yeah i always like self-reflection that's uh when i used to write that's what was my favorite right type of writing was self-reflection type writing All right, and i really like reevaluating like your, yourself and like stuff you work on and like me personally like when i used to do art and all i was never happy with it i always got to a point where it's like i was content but i would never be happy because like that if someone finished, I would, it would be like I would never end. It would it would always be like a work in process, and to get to a point where you're content with it, and it's like I think a lot of artists are like that, or a lot of creative people, they're just they never like, ever just like spits out like perfection. I think I think that the value in in all of this is a lot more in in the act of creation itself rather than just than actually like making something. There's 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 like making something that's really good, and that's that's cool. But there's also there's like there's a, a lot of unfolding that happens like in that process. There's a lot mm-hmm. of like learning about how reality works in that process. You know, there's there's a lot of all of that, and it's 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 applicable to everything. Yeah, no, for real, and definitely the journey. Like like you said, it's each piece builds on top of another. And as from a life perspective, that's that's really powerful. I'll stop believing. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely want to chat to him again because there's so much stuff we didn't even talk about. Yeah, I know. I mean, you, you, you weren't there for half of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I was like, I was like, man, I, I already like, I already almost, I was already late to like our pre, our pre-show talk with the, yeah. and like, and like we had that issue two weeks ago. And I was like, this, this motherfucker is going to, he's going to, um, he's going to rebrand and drop me. Thank you all for listening. If you would like to support the WWSD podcast, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash WWSD underscore podcast. Make sure you like, and subscribe on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So all the thunderstorms. Apologize for that. Yeah, yeah. No, you, you, you're a champ. You didn't even he didn't even blink, dude. Like he just didn't oh, even yeah. like, respond. He didn't acknowledge <laughs> it. He just like went right through it. So you can tell he's been working in Hollywood for a while, just not even batting an eye. Yeah. 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 I mean, do you guys work in the industry there or, or, or like how? Uh, no, we both work in tech. <laughs> huh? I, better. Yeah. That's better. <laughs> <laughs>